30th book off banter. We're recording a bit early this week because I have to go to an away show. So it's been a little bit hectic to get sorted in time. So we thought it was a good chance to answer a few of the questions that we didn't get round to last time. Eventually, we're going to get through them all. So um, we'll have a quick catch up and then we're going to try and answer as many of your questions as we can. So Carla. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Katie. I'm sorry, everyone. I was just, I've just literally had my dinner. I've been at work and then I've rushed home and I've had my dinner really quickly and I've gobbled it down. And then I noticed in my, because it's like I can see myself, how we record it. And I had bits in my teeth. <laughs> so Katie looked up and I was like trying to pick these bits out of my teeth. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Anyway, I could have got away with that actually because no one else can see it apart from no. me. Um, and I have to apologise to everyone if I sound a bit different and a bit echoey. Um, where I normally record, the kids are going back to school tomorrow and they've gone to bed and normally I record in the room next to them and I don't want to give them any opportunity to fuck about and say, oh, we can't sleep because we can hear mum laughing on doing the podcast. So I've come as far away from as I can. But actually the room I'm in doesn't have any furniture in. So, um, yeah, so if I sound very what echoey, that's why. tent. I'm going to have to make a tent like what you've got. and then. Oh, actually, what I'll do, I'll put this blanket over my head. Hang on, let me see if this works. Hang on. How's that? Am I less echoey? Yeah. There we go. Right, I've got a blanket on my head now. As oh. you can tell, like wherever the professionals here, I'm in a tent and Carla... <laughs> I don't think I can stay with this. In my... <laughs> I don't think I can stay like this so much longer quite claustrophobic it's really hot oh my god it's really hot in here i can't cope you're all just gonna have to put up with me echoing i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm coming out i'm coming out i'm coming out <laughs> coming out of the tent i'm coming out of my blanket in my head anyway um so what have i been up to so i i didn't go to kiso and i think that i feel a bit pathetic actually well i did feel pathetic because i made such a song and dance about this fucking event and then to actually end up not going, I just felt a little bit deflated and a bit defeated. And then I had a bit of a think about it and I thought, okay. So obviously it was getting quite stressful for me. Um, the secretary was great. It turns out she'd put me on the Saturday um, and she'd put me as early as she could on the Saturday. But it was still really tight for time. My cross country was five o'clock um, and I had to be at work for eight. So and it was about a two hour drive. And every which way, I was just getting a little bit stressed. I had a friend saying, don't worry, you take your car and I'll take the whole... It was all getting incredibly stressful. Mm. Then Vince pulled off a shoe on the Wednesday. Farrier couldn't get there straight away. She came then Thursday morning, put the shoe back on, and I had a jumping lesson on the Thursday afternoon that was rearranged from the Wednesday. And I went to this jumping lesson and I started jumping and I could feel myself getting panicky and stressed and worried and I was just like, oh, this is it's going to be a disaster. It's going to be a disaster. It's going to be, oh, this is going to be awful. So I rode quite badly. And I sort of sat there at the end. And this, I just had this moment. And I was just like, I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I just suddenly, it just suddenly hit me like a ton of bricks. It's like not one part of preparing for this event is enjoyable. What the fuck am I doing? Why mm. am I putting myself through this shit? I'm stressed about the event I'm stressed about how I'm riding I'm stressed about getting to work afterwards why the fuck am I putting myself through this and yes I pay a lot of money to event and that entry fee was a huge amount of money but you just think to yourself 
I just and I just had this moment I just said I can't do it I'm not enjoying this I'm not enjoying my riding I'm not enjoying my training and I won't enjoy this competition if I go with this mindset so um, I made the decision to withdraw so I withdrew on the Saturday and um, to be honest with you once I made the with decision to withdraw and I actually had done it I felt so relieved it was just like I hadn't realized how I was getting myself so worried about all the little things about it and I so actually was this your step up to novice this well back to novice because yeah. obviously I, I've competed at novice I, I went to Aston which was novice um and I was going Kiso Kiso is a bit of a one of these events for me that every time I've gone to Novice it's always gone a bit badly. It's not gone brilliantly. So I, I was kind of pushing myself entering it anyway. And I just kind of thought to myself, do you know what, Carla, come on, you know, it, it, it's meant to be a fucking hobby. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I think sometimes when you have like a goal of say a height, mm. you chase that so much. Yeah. That then like it's so much pressure and you start to probably lose are we actually ready? Like if you took that out and if you say went, like say I went and jumped a newcomers and thought that felt absolutely brilliant. Next show, we're going to do Fox. That's kind of different to me being like, we've got to jump Fox by the end of this yeah. season. We've got to. So yeah. then kind of being just, well, look, we'll have to, we'll have to just jump this year. We'll have to do this year. And then you yeah. maybe not, it's not just kind of like part of your natural flow and like, this is the right event. This is the right place. Everything's kind of lined up and really set mm. us up for that. It was like the, it, the problem. I've, the problem I've got is Vince has been. We've been at a hundred for quite a long time. Yeah, and he finds that incredibly easy. There isn't. I don't think there's many a hundred courses out there that would challenge. Probably maybe badminton, the badminton grassroots would. Yeah. Um. But you know, there's not a lot of hundred courses out there that would challenge him very much. Um. You know, and what I've found is when that happens, when we start on these, when I've looked at our results and we've been at 100 for a while and I feel him get a little bit complacent on the course, we then start picking up silly little things. So, and it will always be a little run out. So he'll just like throw something in the mix because he find, he just finds it easy and he's just cheeky. Yeah. So basically I took him back to novice and at the, you know, he feels good at novice um, but the problem I've got is what I think has happened is a little bit like quite a few people. Obviously, we've got this season now, quite a short season, which we didn't think we were going to get. And I think I've, like you were just saying, then I think instead of just letting the natural progression happen, I've been a little bit like, I must get him really confident at novice by the end yeah. of this year. And you kind of want to he, fit a whole season's aim into like a quarter a of a season. Of, yeah. yeah, into a couple of months. And, um, you know, it's too much pressure and, and I'm, yeah. I wasn't enjoying it and I'm not, and well, I, I'm saying I'm not because I'm finding a little bit of love for it again now, but I'm just, I just sat there and I just sat on the Saturday and I basically kept an eye on a couple of my friends that were competing, but I wasn't bothered in the slightest that I wasn't there. Mm. And that's really, that's quite sad because that's normally if I have to withdraw from an event I walk around with a face like to slap ass. <laughs> I am so upset and I just wasn't asked at all so um, I think a bit of time out and a bit of time away isn't I think most people have been like oh I can't do that because we've missed out on all this season mm. but actually at the end of the day fuck it eventing's always going to be there 
And, and you can I'm always just... show jump through the winter. Come I over to the dark side. I think I'd rather drag my tits on gravel than do that for all winter, <laughs> I tell you. Next, you'd be suggesting I go to dressage. Really fucking piss me off. Why don't no, you? No. Why I'm, don't not, you I'm not going that far. Why don't you try some dressage, Carla? Fuck off. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm okay, you know. I'm, it's not like, oh my God, I'm going to give up. No, it sounds like shit. a good decision. I'm just, and, I'm, and I think a lot of things as well is, I haven't taken into account a lot of stuff that's also been building up, you know. Um, you know, I've worked all through this pandemic. I've worked some really proper fucking shitty shifts. Um, I'm pretty tired with that. And the, the joy of being a radiographer, which has been like, we've been flat out throughout the whole pandemic. And now all our lists are starting again as normal. Yeah. So, we've, and we've still got COVID around. We've st- we're, we're still, we're not doing as much, but there is a little bit of COVID stuff going on. And now all our normal workloads piling up again. And so it just, it does feel, oh God, I'm, I'm a right moaning bitch tonight. I'm really sorry, everybody. I'll just edit does, around, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like cut loads out. And I just, and I think I just, you know, just be a little bit fucking kinder to myself and to stop stressing. Yeah. So, um, and, I, and actually I then went to a jumping lesson this week and everything was fine. All, all the... We, we were back feeling a little bit more confident, not worrying about making mistakes, blah, 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 blah. So I think that maybe this season for me now, possibly, I don't know if I'll event again. Um, maybe like you say, I might do a bit of show jumping over the winter, but I'm just going to take it, play it by ear, just be a little She'll bit She'll have a now. sprayed on set of white breeches and a bum revealing jacket in no time. I, I have actually got one of them jackets already. So <laughs> I already have. Um, <laughs> So I have got one of those. I didn't realise it was that short and I bought it. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? I've bought it now. So I've got it. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to get myself some Diamante, a bit of patent, maybe a little bit more fluff. I'm going to need a lot more fluff. Yeah, I'm all right then. I'll go show jumping. Go. I'm not going to stay there. I'm not going to carry on show jumping forever. You say that. It'll be addictive. What have you so- been up to anyway? I-, I hope you've been a bit more cheerful than me. <laughs> Yeah, I took them for lessons yesterday and we just hired an arena. Um, I was really pleased, actually. I felt, I felt relieved that we'd gone because, like, it's been a real struggle because I, I, I mentioned in that the exhaust had fallen off the lorry. I did say oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's been a real struggle to get everything fixed in time to go back away and also, like, go somewhere and train. And, like, Ben mm. was like, oh, it doesn't matter. Let's just – we just don't train. But, you know, and you feel like you really need yeah. to – because I've not really jumped at home at all. So I was like, I really need to get... So anyway, when I went to Western Lawns last time, we changed Belinda's bit and I just felt like I probably had a little bit too much control. And that's mm-hmm. not a good thing um, because I overhauled her anyway. So I've practiced and practiced at home over like Cavaletti and stuff. And I went and I said to Carla, I just think I've got too much. And she watched me jump around a couple of courses and then she's like, no, do you know what? Yeah, that's too much bit. So... We just put her back in just a Waterford snaffle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, you know, and you think, thank God, because I think if I would have gone and she's overbitted, she just feels it's like riding a three-legged camel. So that was good. And Manny's also trying a new bit because he resembled a runaway freight train. So he is trying a combination bit. And that's... Have you tried that before on him? No, he's wore a uh, pancake, wore a combination bit. Ah, uh. 
Um, we've never tried it with Manny. And it was really funny, actually, because Carla was like, what about a combination bit? And I was like, won't work. Definitely won't work. Um, mm. So anyway, she very kindly brought it for me what to use it here. And the whole time I was like, it's not going to work. And then, you know, when he was going around, I was like, this feels very nice, actually. This is all quite controllable and civilized. <laughs> and she said, um, he looks very nice. And I said, he feels very nice. And she was like, you look surprised. And I was like, well, I've decided it wasn't going to work. So anyway, I was like, well, it won't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll go away from home. It definitely won't work. So I took him to West Park and the whole way I was saying to Ben, won't work this. Not going to work. So I brought his other bit and everything. So I was like, this is not going to work. And he went around and he was all quite civilized. So my new thing now is, won't work at the show. No way this is going to work. <laughs> It definitely will work at the show. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe Carla knows what the fuck she's talking about. You know what I mean? I mean, just, just putting it out there, Katie. I mean... Uh, I don't know why she bothers, honest to God. You must be so infuriating to teach. Oh, like, so. Honestly, you could not pay me enough to teach me. To teach yourself. I ben think I would be the same, if I'm honest. that... I would be one of his worst customers. He would yeah. hate to shoot me. <gasps> um, so then Pancake, honestly, I, I said to Carla, so I jumped him around a couple of courses and I said, I think I'm going to cry. And she was like, please don't. But I'm so proud of him. He's still just trying his little heart out and he's just come on so much and I just could cry. I'm not going to go on and on because, but anyway, it was. I'm just telling you because um, just to show how Carla really has a life of misery with me, that evening I rang her to say, Carla, how good was Pan today? She was like, really good. <laughs> <laughs> really, really good. Oh and I was like, oh my God. He's so good. I hope you, I hope so you buy her a lovely Christmas present because fucking hell, she, she puts up with a lot, doesn't she? Oh my God. I always like, buy her a really good there. Christmas present because I am fully aware that I am an absolute fucking bell end to deal with so she is like she spent the day teaching you actually yeah. you've gone it's not gonna work it's not gonna work it's gonna work but it fucking did and then like she's so she spent this whole afternoon teaching you and she goes to him she's like i'll oh, just have a lovely nice glass of wine he's like chill out phone rings it's you she thinks oh my god that's something bad's happened jazz the phone and it's just you wanting to talk about how nice your horse had gone like <laughs> Oh my god. That woman is a saint. I know. She is an absolute saint. Like genuinely. You do know that, don't you? No, I'm fully you aware. Do know. Fully aware that my oh behaviour is absolutely ridiculous. Does she um, have many other does she teach a lot of other people? Oh my god, she's got so many people. I do not know how Carla does it because she teaches a shitload. And she gives everyone so much. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, send me like, that video. Yeah. yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll lend you this bit. Yeah, you can, like, she goes over and above. I mean, granted, I think I'm one of her worst. I think I might be the worst. I can imagine. I, I, think, I think you might be the worst. I don't think one of. I think, I think you've definitely got your own place there. Like, oh she couldn't God. have a lot well, like me because she just wouldn't have the time. Well, no, um, absolutely. Car Carla the legend. Pray for Carla, I think. And she's Is she going, going away, away to this away? Yeah. So. Oh my God! Again. Oh God! Everyone, pray for Carla. Not mm -hmm. me. Tell the Carla. I ring pray her on for the way other Carla. down. I ring her on the way back. 
oh my god and then like you're there with her at the show yep. stable right next to her <laughs> did you I, I take it you asked for those stables not her because she'll have been like could, is she there actually, any stables on the other side of the showground and can very, I book them under a different name she very foolishly offered I mean so she's only got herself to blame oh yeah definitely Carla you're a ledge you're a star Carla she's to the Carla I parked the lorry next to her. Oh my God. <laughs> Did she sometimes open her curtains in the morning and you're stood outside her house looking yeah. in? <laughs> like, honestly, I am a full on stalker. She's really lucky yeah. that we don't live close. I think Otherwise I'd be there she, every day. I was going to say, I was going to say, I think she's probably very grateful that she doesn't like just she's, a little bit of space. Anyway, that's... That's made me laugh anyway, the fact that you phoned her up to talk about how nice your horse. And that was it's it. It's one of those things where, like, it's a re- that's, that's a re- like, why do I do that? But I was so happy and so excited. And I was like, she's going to want me to let her know that that was really good. <laughs> I can tell you now she didn't. <laughs> Actually, she's a good egg. She, um, she really she is. She, she, she jokingly she rang me this morning. And I didn't answer because I didn't get to the phone in time. So I, I ran, got the phone, answered and rang straight back. And um, she was like, I was going to say, I would have been really cross with you if you didn't answer. And I said, why? And she was like, because I was ringing to say, how good was Pan? <laughs> like, just <laughs> joking. <laughs> I was like, he was so good, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, bless. Oh, I mean, to be fair, that... I think, although she would rather I didn't stalk her. And I think that's fair yeah. enough. And she's potentially yeah, considering a restraining order. I do think, like, I think she's really happy because I've ridden him. <laughs> like, I've ridden him, but she's been the one that's done. It's her and, training that's done. Yeah, it. like he could, he would not be that horse without her. Like, she's just turned him around so much. So, yeah. So, I think she she is equally proud and wants to talk about it all the time. So, anyway, I promise I'm going to stop talking about pancake now. Um, because this is because. Kate, can I just ask one thing? Was he really good? Um, he was really, really good. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> not even just a little bit. Do you know, though, it's getting ridiculous because I finish a round and I'm like, I feel really emotional. I'm like, I'm going to cry. It's like, I can't cry every time the horse jumps. Um, well, no, that would... Just phone, just phone Carla up instead. <laughs> just like... <laughs> but uh, do you know what I think? Um, I, honestly, I will stop talking about this. But I think what part of it was is, did I tell you that, like, Carla had said something about, remember when you got him, see if you can find a video of when you got him. So I'd found oh, yeah, some yeah. and I sent them to her. And I will send you a video of me jumping pancakes okay. the first time. I might even put it on, like, Instagram. And it honestly yeah. will be... I put one up once of me when I was first jumping a lot well before I, I, I got Vince and of me jumping my old horse. And it's really, really sometimes just shocking, isn't it? The yeah. differences and the changes you make. Um, it's good to look back sometimes like that. It was, and I remembered it was bad, but it was fucking bad. And that was at the same place. Ah, and so oh, that's like, interesting then. It just felt kind of like even more special it was there and he'd had that lesson mm. and I was just like remember that first lesson and Carla was like that is mm. etched in my memory that lesson <laughs> I will <laughs> never forget that lesson because I think I just spent a lot of it just going fucking hell 
shit. Mm. What the fuck have you bought? Like, <laughs> why have you bought this? So, yeah. Okay, so we are going to get on to questions. It's from H. She just asked to be called H um, on Facebook. It says, do you ever look back at a horse you previously owned or still own but is now retired and wish that you could have that horse again now? My old thoroughbred was awesome, but I didn't know it at the time. I just thought I was a great rider. Two horses later, and I now realize that I was quite shit, but the horse was amazing. I think I am now a better rider and often think of what could have been. Maybe I'm just looking back with rose-tinted spectacles, but I just wondered if other people thought the same. There is a famous inventor. I can't remember what his name is. I can't remember which one it is. I can't probably do know his name, but I can't remember which one it is. And he always says one thing, which is everyone in their life has got a horse that teaches them the most amount of lessons. So there'll be one horse and he even said, it was a talk that I went to, God, I wish I could remember who it was now. And he said, the chances are you won't either appreciate the horse and the lessons it's teaching you at the time, or, or secondly, you might even slightly ruin the horse because you're learning the lessons from it. But he is adamant that everybody in their life has got this one horse. And it sounds to me, as opposed to her, this horse being utterly brilliant, he's just the horse that's taught her all this stuff. Because mm. I think my horses that I've got, so I've got... Uh, chance and solo they're still with me now um and i think that i actually they've taken me where they needed to take me if that yeah. makes sense i wouldn't want to go back with they what were like I've got stepping now. stones yeah i don't think i would have done any better with chance knowing that what i know now i certainly wouldn't have done any better with solo knowing what i know now they were what i needed at that time and I think I took full advantage of what, what I could from them. And I moved, when the time was right and they needed to retire or, or whatever, then I moved on from them. So I do think that I will always look back on Vince as being, because I will always, I'm going to very, very, God, I hope it's not for a while yet, but I know I'm going to really struggle to replace him with something even similar. But yeah, but then I always thought that about Chance. I was like, oh my God, he's the horse for lifetime. And then mm -hmm. Solo came along and I was like, oh, well, hang on, this one's a little bit better. I quite like yeah. this one. And then obviously, then I lost Solo and I was, well, not lost him, but then he obviously, I couldn't keep him sound to a vent. And then I got Vince. And to start off with the Vince, I couldn't ride, it took 12 months for me to get that horse around a B90 because I could not ride one side of him. And then I look at where I am now and I think, oh, okay, so we've moved. So each horse you sort of, I think, well, in my case, I move on with them. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to go back to Chance with how I ride now because I think I'd probably wouldn't ride him as what how I did then which was and I got the best out of him at the time mm. I think I think so so not for me I don't think I do I think they I needed the horses when I needed them and, and then I've moved on sounds really harsh saying that but I'm the opposite but I think probably for different reasons so Minnie is my horse and that's yeah. because obviously we didn't realize it but she was only going to have a very, very short career because of yeah. navicular. Um, and I wasted her entire career, basically. She was the most incredibly talented horse. Like, I mean, really, really could have gone very, very far. Mm. And basically, I didn't have 
a trainer that worked for me and her. Yeah. And I think it took us about two or three years to get to British Novice. So when mm. you factor that into the fact that the horse only had probably a four and a half year career, mm. that is heartbreaking. Mm. And I know that if I'd had Carla training me, we, yes, her career would have still been super short and probably the fact she would have jumped bigger would have maybe even shortened it more. Shortened it, yeah. But she could have just, she could have been so much more. Like, and it is just so frustrating that she didn't get to show what she could do because she was just amazing. And we basically pissed about Mm. because we couldn't get it together. Mm. And... Oh, that's just, that will always, always annoy me. Um, and my other one's probably actually is Belinda. Belinda, again, very, very similar thing. And I think the problem was we hadn't found a trainer that worked for us. And so we stepped up when we weren't ready. Our flat work wasn't there. And she scared the shit out of me and I scared the shit out of her. And ever since yeah. then, we've never really like got it together. And yes, yeah. now we're out and we're jumping and it's fine. But it's never it's never been what it could have been. And the horse is really talented. And with a different rider or with a different trainer and me, I, I honestly think she could have gone a lot further. But we're gonna we're gonna put her in full. She's she's sixteen now and she owes us nothing. And yeah, I, I think it's a disappointment with Belle, but with Minnie, it's like, it's properly, properly gutting. Mm. But yeah, I do agree with what you're saying though. I think it's just with though, with Minnie, like it was the injury thing, you know what I mean? Like if you could yeah. go back. And- I mean, yeah, Solo, Solo was plagued with injury and I do sometimes think, you know, cause he, I always, always say about him, he, he had the shittest technique, but he had the best attitude. You were always getting to the other side of a fence. It didn't even occur to him to try and stop. The, the, local people will understand when I say about Iceland, there's a ditch at Iceland. And this ditch is notorious. I've seen Zara Phillips's horses just stand on their back legs, not wanting to go near this ditch. And it isn't, you can't school over it. It's only open, you know, for the B events and like a pony club one event. And it's notorious for, for really scaring, particularly baby horses. And I took solo to a cross country, a hunter trial there. One day event it was, it was this, uh, and it was one of the pony club one day events. And I took him there. And then as I walked the course, I suddenly realized he'd never schooled a ditch. I thought, oh, fuck it. What, what will be, will be. And he jumped a double clear that day. He jumped and he jumped this ditch first time. I didn't even realize at the point how notorious, I was fairly new to the area. I didn't realize how notorious this ditch was. And it wasn't until I was talking to people going, yeah, yeah, I'm really pleased with him. He's never seen a ditch before. And he just popped over the ditch. And they were like, he just popped over that ditch and he's never even seen a ditch before. And then like, people were astounded. And to prove a point, we were something like second to last after the dressage and we finished sixth because this ditch was just wiping people out right left and centre and this horse. So he was like, um, his attitude to it all, I always used to say to him, he was bred to race but born to go cross country because he just was always getting to the other side. And I do sometimes think if I'd been 
perhaps a little bit more ambitious with him, similar to you at the start, he probably would have achieved more. Yeah. But I don't regret in a way what I did because I don't know. I just, I just, I don't want to go back. <laughs> I don't want to go back to that. But I, yeah, you know, I could, I could have done more with him if I'd had more ambition at the start. But then I don't think the decisions I made were that bad at the time. Like for you, it's, it is quite a, a black and white decision. The fact that you feel that you had the wrong trainer and you didn't get your act together. I think that I possibly could have done more, but I didn't do anything wrong either. So yeah. I think we spent really probably a full it. year trying to go over a pool on the floor. Okay. That's quite tricky for a show jumper. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're going to need to, we're going to need to be able to get over a pool. Yeah. We? I mean, that's fairly essential. I would say <laughs> fairly essential. All right. So our next question is from Lucy Constable McKelvey. And she says, how to overcome the nerves of a new horse. I bought a thoroughbred a year ago and fell off him six times, decided enough was enough, sold him and started looking. I'm a 42 mum of two boys, English teacher, and we live on my husband's family farm. Life is busy like everyone's. Horses on my release and my fun. I have no illusions of grandeur. I'm just an average mum who rides and wants to do a bit of everything. Jack of all, master of absolutely none kind of person. I've bought a McMassive to me, 16-2 Irish heavyweight hunter named Ruby. I sat on her and felt safe and a real connection that I hadn't expected to find as I doubted my decision-making ability after my last purchase, the thoroughbred, aka my falling off horse. Now I just need to get out of my head and not believe that I am destined to fall off this horse. It's hard though. Remember, I am a very average, but I have an amazing coach and a set of horsey friends. I'm not an island. But yet, so ultimately, how do you get out of your head? It's like the million dollar question, that isn't it? How do you get out of your head? I think you're asking the wrong fucking person here, <laughs> if I'm honest with you. If, can I, if I can be quite straight, I am the queen of overthinking. Um, I, I am in no way able to help you. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'll leave that one to Katie. I can't, I, I overthink everything. I'm in my own head. Um, my friend Wayne, you know, he told me, take your head for a shit, you know, like clear it out, get rid of those thoughts. I can't do it. I'm trying. I'm reading a book at the moment called Unfuck Yourself or something like that. Or, um, I'm trying desperately. And I just think that overthinking just ruins so much stuff, doesn't it? It just ruins everything. And I kind of like, I see these wonderful people that don't seem to do it. And I think, God, you'll see. I don't think they appreciate how lucky they are not to overthink something. So my heart goes out to her that she's in this place and she's overthinking everything on this wonderful horse of hers. But like I said, I really don't think I'm qualified to help you because I'm in the same situation. It's just my overthinking is something a bit different. So I'm another major overthinker. And overthinkers unite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I think my advice would probably just be maybe just like take it really slow, you know, get a relationship with the horse. Don't push it. Don't force it. If all you want to do is go for a hack, do that because mm -hmm. you're like building a foundation. And I think when you run before you can walk with horses, like basically what I did with Belinda, we stepped up when we shouldn't have. And that caused us trouble because we frightened each other. Actually, if we would yeah. have just kept, a level that we were comfortable and we were happy 
and being really secure at that, that would have been a better decision for us. So I sometimes think like you feel that you should be doing all these things. But I think sometimes if you do some like a, what you're comfortable with, you get bored, don't you? And you start to go mm. like dare yourself and like, I think I could do a little bit more. And mm. I think, and I think maybe with a new horse, especially when you've had a really bad experience, because I know like, I don't like riding horses that I don't know. I like to get on my horses mm. where even when they're complete dickheads, you kind of know what they're going to be a dickhead about. Mm-hmm. And that makes it easier. When you're riding a horse that you have got absolutely no idea what its buttons are and what's going to set it off, that is a lot more kind of unsettling. So just get to know it and, you know, use your trainer. And I think there's nothing wrong with getting your trainer to sometimes ride the horse and or a friend. And I think just take the pressure off, like exactly kind of like both of us as well. You're juggling other things. Yeah. It's just like it, it gets too much if you put too much pressure on yourself. So that's, yes. but I mean, I'm an overthinker and I <laughs> literally, I mean, I spent the whole way to this training thing talking about money's bit never ever going to work and I wouldn't have any control, you know. So I'm the queen of half empty glasses and I actually like, just random aside when I've said half empty glasses, Ben brought me a drink last night in bed. <laughs> I actually said the words to him. Why did you only bring me half a glass? And it was like probably a good two thirds, three quarter full, but I was really thirsty. Oh my God. And I looked at the glass and I said, why have you only brought me half a glass? And then I just started to crease and I was like, I am oh literally God, so a glass half is half empty person. <laughs> you actually are. You are. You've just literally done it. I know. Literally. How embarrassing. So yeah, that would be my advice. But you have asked two overthinkers how to not overthink. As a, yeah. I to answer on a well, postcard. I could, maybe one of the things I could think to, for her to do, maybe, she says she's got loads of horsey friends and stuff. So start planning to do little things with them. Not like, I'm not talking crazy stuff like going to a show, but sometimes I find myself, when you start worrying about stuff, then you don't want to do it, do you? So sometimes, you know, so she's probably not wanting to ride. And when I get like that, I start making excuses. I'm like, oh no, I'm really busy. I've got to do parents evening and shit like that. So I think something like, you know, a nice Saturday, just saying to one of your friends, do you fancy just going for a little hack around the block? Be quite honest with them. Say, I'm really nervous still. So I'd really appreciate it if we just, you know, took it easy or whatever. But, and then once you've got something in the diary, it makes you go and then you do that and when you've done it once and it goes okay and it's good and you enjoy it you can plan it again and this time you'll start looking forward to it yeah because that's what we should be doing we should be looking forward to getting on our horses and doing stuff we shouldn't be twisting our guts and concern and worry like she says this is a release and so it's really important that she finds the love for it again and i think making something doing stuff with your horse something you look forward to is a really good way of sort of helping you get out of your head I guess and that's why you know I talked at length about why I withdrew from Kiso I wasn't looking forward to going so there's no point me going to something and it being a chore this isn't my job this isn't how I earn my money so yeah do something like that I think you know you say you've got loads of friends and I think that's wonderful that you've got these friends and a supportive trainer and use them a little bit because they'll want to be they yeah and they'll want to be helped they want to help you too so do that and I think also maybe try and stop thinking about the previous horse because yeah, it sounds like you just didn't gel with that horse. It wasn't the right horse for you. 
And like the more you kind of thrash over it and think about that horse, you're like mm. sort of putting that onto this horse. Yeah, and 100%. Like I've had horses that I can't ride one side of, I just don't get on with. That doesn't affect me in any way for another horse. It's just some yeah. horses are just not for you and that's okay. So can yeah, you and, just and move exactly. on from and him? Exactly, and the fact that she moved... Yeah, and the fact that she moved on from him, and I don't know if I'm maybe reading something into this that it's not, is maybe she feels that she failed slightly. Oh, I couldn't ride this horse and I had to sell him. Actually, it is the complete opposite of failing to do that. To realise that a horse is not what you want and neither of you are happy and to move the horse on to somewhere where it probably can be happy and you find something else is no way a failure. In fact, I would say that is the biggest win that you can do. And I think if she, like you say, if she forgets about that old, the last horse a little bit, it'll be a lot easier. It's gone now. Enjoy Ruby. Okay, yeah. so our, our next question is from Cindy Pirapan. And she said, question, just out of curiosity, I live in the US in Colorado, where we not only have mountains, but get mountains of snow and temperatures down to minus 25. While it's a subject of much discussion and controversy, I rarely rug my horses. Over on the continent... <laughs> Oh my God, we're not going rugging, are we? I read it and was like, fuck me, this is just going to go south. I rarely rug my horses. Over on the continent, there have been studies conducted that show horses do fine down to about minus 34, as long as they have adequate forage and shelter from the wind and wet. In England, you have, by comparison, quite mild weather, if a bit more damp. Bloody damp. Fuck fuck damp. Monsoon. Um, and horses seem to be relentlessly rugged. Why is that? Because we like it, okay? We like buying rugs. We like putting rugs on. I've, do you know what? I feel personally uh, attacked by this. I really do. I don't. I don't. You're fine. Okay. In England, we do like rugging because... I don't know. We just like it. We like buying, we can buy, we can buy a good range of rugs. You can buy them with all pretty patterns on. The other thing as well is, is a lot of people, uh, they, you talk, you, she, one of the things that she said in there is they're, um, they don't need rugging so much if they've got adequate shelter and, and good forage. So you've got to remember a lot of people in the UK, we keep our horses on livery yards and turnout is if you get Shit. it in winter, it's off. Yeah, it's quite often not particularly good turnout. So it was usually be a postage stamped field um, without a shelter in it, usually with like post rail fencing or electric tape fencing. So there's no real natural shelter and there's not particularly good grass. Um, so actually, there is a necessity there to rug a horse because of that. We also like to clip our horses. I don't know if she didn't say anything about clipping. I'm guessing you wouldn't keep a clipped horse down to minus 33 degrees, I hope. So, yeah, we, we, we clip our horses in the UK. So And we just like rugging, don't we, Katie? You like rugging, don't you? I do like rugging. So it's kind of hard because, like, I read that and was just it's so, so different than how I keep my horses. Yeah. So I don't want to like, I don't want to seem like I'm attacking anyone who doesn't keep the horses the same way that I keep mine. But basically I keep my horses. They do a job. They're here to show jump. I love them. They're my babies, but they're here to show jump. 
they're no good if they're standing in a field knee deep in snow with six inches of hair because they're going to catch a chill if I jump them. So I don't really know how I could keep horses fully fit without any skin conditions, work them till they're lathered with sweat, then have to wash them off, get them dry in the depths of winter. I, I, like, I just can't see how that would work. It doesn't just rain a bit here. It fucking rains 90% of the time. So they'd always be wet when I went to ride them. That would also be a little bit of a challenge. I'd spend basically most of my horse time drying horses, which I've really not got the time or the desire to do. Also, I genuinely believe that my horses stay in better condition when they are rugged. So I often look at horses that aren't rugged and I think that usually they're coats don't look as the same i think they don't yeah, hold their weight well to be fair they don't look the same the coat because the coat is doing what it does well, when you when we rug a horse obviously we, we force the coat to lie flat and that makes it look shinier yeah and then obviously an unrugged horse they the coat does what it's supposed to do which is when it stands up and traps air so of course they they do look a bit fluffier and they don't look as shiny and that is just a simple fact it's just physiology and so yeah it just depends, you know, some people like that look. They like the sleek. You know, one of mine isn't rugged ever, ever. Vince hates being rugged. Um, he has to be rugged because he gets clipped in winter. But I leave rugs off for as long as I can. Um, so he's naked a lot more and longer than a lot of people, other people's horses would be at event. Um, and then I've got two thoroughbreds and basically if I didn't rug them, they'd just be skin and fucking bones. That's so, the other thing, yeah. isn't it? It's like breeds. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, the two cobs are out in all weathers with no rugs. And yeah. they look, their coats look amazing. Mm. They are hardy as anything. They look fine. My horses mm-hmm. are not bred. They wouldn't naturally live out in no. that, you know? So I kind of... I don't see the point. I, I rug each horse as I think it needs. Yes, I am a fan of rugging. My horses are probably rugged quicker and heavier than most people. Probably not the most like competition people, I'd say. But I know that, yeah, I'm a big rugging fan. The dog's having a drink, hang on. Yeah, um, but I think exactly like you say as well, you know, this isn't like these horses aren't in 30 acre fields with trees and dips mm. in the ground. I don't find many horses that live like that. Most horses I would say in England are on livery yards mm. where there is not adequate shelter or forage because they mm. tend to just go out for a few hours through the day so they can stretch their legs, interact with the other horses and then they're going to be stabled where again, they can't yeah. move around to keep themselves warm so I, I, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But equally, if you live in you know, a snowy, cold place and you've got a native horse which has adequate forage and has adequate shelter, go for it. Like same as I'm doing with yeah. you know, the two cobs. Happy as Larry. Yeah. I don't judge anyone. If I see like an unrugged horse out in a field, I don't think, 
it, and that's with me. And I like putting rugs on horses, but obviously Vince doesn't like being rugged. I don't see an unrugged horse in the field and go, oh my fucking God, look at that. It hasn't got a coat on. How cool is that? I think, well, good for them. They don't need to rug their horse. Wow. Well, you know, well done. And I would like to think that someone else, that person would maybe look at me and my horse and go, oh, oh, good for them. They've got their horse fully clipped so they can work it hard and so they're rugging it instead. So I think it's, it's not about one way being right and one way being wrong. It's about respecting the reasons why and doing it, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons, which is for horse welfare. I'm really tired tonight. I'm really, I'm, can I just say to people, poor Katie has been trying to pin me down so we can do this thing. And I've been working. I've literally finished work this evening. Someone came in and covered me. I've flown home and I've well, not flown home because I'm not don't have a helicopter or something. I've like driven home, quickly had my dinner, and then I've sat in this empty room on my own dinner. And so I'm really tired. So if I don't make much sense, it's just because I'm tired. Yeah, no. So I think that I think that sums that up. I think I maybe yeah. got a bit ranty. I think it just, the whole rug thing, I just it really stresses me out, the rug thing. It really does. I was actually looking through my rugs the other day and I actually don't have that many anymore. I don't have a lot of rugs because I've got, you know, the ones where you fasten the under rugs on them. Yeah. Well, I've got one of, I've got two of those now and I've got, um, because mine don't really wear stable rugs. They just tend to stay in those. That's what mine do. Um, And I just, so I just chuck the old rug underneath. Exactly. So actually, I think with regards to, considering I've got four horses, I've got very few rugs. I tend to have more sort of like fleeces when I go traveling and stuff. Ponzi that's, rugs. That's my thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, showy off the rugs. But, because, yeah. like, I don't get excited about buying a rug that they're going to wear in the field and it's just going to be trashed yeah. and covered in mud. Hmm. That doesn't bother me at all. But, like, a Ponzi no. rug, I Oh, a nice one with a nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. Especially if you can get it to match something else. Oh, 100%. <laughs> ben just, like, happened to air. Noticed that all the horses were wearing new coolers when they went to this lesson, and he was like, Katie. "Oh no!" I said, "Aren't they so useful? Isn't that a useful type of rug?" And he was like, "Yeah, very useful, <laughs> really useful." Katie. So instead of having one, they all had to have the same. <laughs> oh my god! Um, all right, so do you want, should you? We'll do one more quick one. Okay, um, what is your worst horsey job? Mine's hay nets. I hate it so much. I no longer do it. I was just about to say it. That's why I don't feed them hay nets anymore. I feed them all on the floor. I don't give a shit if they drag it into their bed. I don't care if I waste hay or haylage. I don't care because I cannot, I can't fill hay nets. I cannot, I cannot. And Vince is a real good, good doer. That's the right word, isn't it? Yeah. He's a real good doer. So, and because I feed ad lib and he eats quite fast, he, um, yeah, he gets a little bit porky. So I have to be a bit careful. But like, so I got, I got this net called an Eliminette. Oh yeah. Like I think it was. We've got one Something of those like that. Tink, to like and, slow them right down. Yeah. And I hated filling it so oh. much. Like literally, yeah. I would start getting angry about an hour before I had to go and muck out because I knew I had to fill this hay net. Yeah, so I would like literally sit there going, I'm going to fill that fucking hay net. I've got to fill that fucking hay net. And in the end, I just thought to myself, and also, and then basically um like the girl that did the physio and stuff on bin she was like oh he's a little bit sore in his neck i went mm. i know what it is i know what it is i know what it is. he's been snatching he's snatching at that hay neck because he did he used to like snatch it really angrily yeah. 
he's snatching at that hay net. I'm going to get rid of it. I'm going to stop doing it. So I stopped it. So they, he lit, I've got literally got, I think, two hay nets, two, possibly three hay nets, like on my whole yard, one for in the state, one for in the horse box, one for when they were having their shoes done. And one that's probably just led on the floor somewhere, just, just rotting away somewhere because, and I don't, I don't feed any hay in hay nets because I just hated it so much. Do you know what it is? I used to have like, not hay bars cause they were too expensive, but we kind of made our own like homemade version. And then a woman who worked for us for some reason, like kept battering on about hay nets. We got hay nets. And I feel like I should put all those back in because I fucking hate hay nets. They are the Get worst them. Burn them. in the whole world. Like we deliberately Burn hang them. them low because I don't want them to, you know, lean up because it's yeah. bad for their necks. And we can't have small holes because again, then they're like exactly like you say, pulling at it and they're going to hurt, obviously except for Tink. And she does have to have a tiny hole because like she looks at a blade of hay and gets laminitis. Um, but yeah, I should just fuck them off. I hate hay nets. And the other thing I hate is pushing the wheelbarrow up the muck heap. Oh my God, yes. What, why, what? So you start pushing that wheelbarrow, right? And it's like quite a normal way, isn't it? And then you start pushing it up like a ramp or something to the lorry. And then it's like these invisible breeze blocks have got in it and it's gone really heavy. Have you ever fallen over and it tipped and like fallen on you? I did the worst one. Because really considering how many barrows I tip, like I haven't really had that much of an experience of that. Yeah. And then it was this year. I did the fucking mother of it. So I was pushing it and my feet slipped back. So like my oh hands my pushed down on the handle. Yep. And I basically tipped an entire barrel over my head yep, of like pissy bed. I had my mouth yep. open. All I could smell was piss. And I literally, I rang Ben <laughs> because <laughs> he'd promised he was going to put some slats on the ramp because it was really slippy. <laughs> I just rang him, like crying, just going, you said you were going to put slats on the ramp and now I've got oh. piss in my mouth. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> what? It oh. was the worst thing. Like I stank. Yeah, that happens. So, uh, like I say, it's happened similar to me. My muck keeps just hideous and I hate it so much. Me too. And I've not particularly, you know, like you people keep these muck keeps really neat. Oh, well, I haven't. No and I've just, and every time I think to myself, I've made a rod for my own back here. I've made yes. it so bad. But do you, and I'm right. so cross. I do that with so muck keeps. cross with myself. And I also do it with unraveling a haylage bale. You know when you don't unravel it, like, the whole way down and the whole way around? Yes. And you're lazy, and then you pay for it because it's, it's like a knot. Yeah, it's really tight. Yes. And then you're like, why have I fucking done this again? But it's the same as the muck heap. You, you make a rod for your own back, and then you do it the next time as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm 100%. And I think, and I, it's not even like I'm saving that much time with what no. I do. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, it's like I'm like sabotaging myself. Oh, I'm going to do this to really piss myself off in about three weeks' time. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. Fucking muck heaps are awful anyway. 
Yeah. A friend yeah. of mine, she's quite wealthy, to be fair. And she does, do you know what she does? She has skips. She has a skip and she's got, so that, and then they just like fill up the skips and then they have it taken away. And then she's got like this special ramp thing, which goes up to the skip. So they put the skip in and she's got like this, I think it used to be like a loading ramp for racehorses. You know that you've got those. So she's got like this area that she can just walk up. So she literally just walks up to this wheel, this skip, tips the wheelbarrow in and walks away again. And then when it gets to a certain level, it just gets taken away. She never has to tidy it. She doesn't have to climb on top of it. That's the dream. Jammy bitch. That's what a jammy bitch. One and like, it's like, it's got like was really good because the tractor trailer, it hadn't been custom built because at this yard it would never have been. Um, it must have just happened to be there. That like there was a huge dip. So the trailer went down the dip. So then oh. it was level with the ground. And that was really the dream. If you've got a good system for your muck heap that might save me and Katie, please let us know. Before one of us breaks our necks. Or gets covered in shit just another time because we just don't want to do it. Yeah. And let's have the, and the definitive, do you or do you not eat, use hay nets? Because I don't use them. So. Yeah. We've thought about getting a dumper truck. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think it might be a good not, idea. Not for a hay, I hasten to add. I think she's gone back to the muck <laughs> <hate>. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to go on to wanker of the week. My wanker of the week is, so I was taking Henry to school. So he's only been back for like two days. Second day back, we're leaving good time, driving along, and I bang into a curb. It's the first day Ben drove, so it was actually the first day I'd driven him to school. I banged into a curb, popped my tyre. Oh, no. I decided to ignore that I'd popped my tyre and carry on driving and hope that okay. I'd make it to school. But I didn't. Mm. And I started to accept the fact that I was going to have to pull over. So I pulled mm. over. Um, and on the way to Henry's school, there's no phone signal. There's no houses. Oh, no. Literally on the top of, like, hills. So that was great. Um, so I was like, right, this is not going to go well this morning at all. And I was thinking, like, how, how are we going to get around this one? And then, honestly, the nicest man in the whole world pulled over and um, said like are you okay and I said yeah I've just popped my tire and he was like would you like me to change it for you it's like you're like definitely, yeah, fuck yeah definitely I would like you to change it for me because I'm fucking useless yeah. anything practical so he was like okay so I said to Henry okay you sit in the car and the man's gonna change our tire and then we'll go to school and the man was like hang on would you like me to take him to school with you and then we'll come back and then I'll change your tire I was like, oh my God. Are you some sort no, of I, I angel? Mean, although there is that, you're, he's really nice. And then there's a part of me thinking, it's because of my podcast I've been listening to, to go to sleep. I'm thinking, serial murderer, isn't he? Well, serial killer. So, this is, so, really strangely, right? So, I got in with Henry, fine, dropped Hen off at school, and I was just about to get back in the van, and I just thought, fuck and I don't know why it was right because I know that 
people could do bad things to children. Obviously, yeah. I know that. But it felt worse, like, when it was just a girl on her mm, own. Mm. He knows my phone doesn't work because mm. just that I've got no signal. And I was like, I'm getting into this man's van. This is really probably quite a stupid thing to do. <laughs> but at this point, like, what the fuck am I going to do? Now. Yeah. You can't now. Actually, I've just been thinking about this and you could be a serial killer, so I'm not getting back in the van. So in I got, but very, yeah, very conscious of like, I really don't want to be raped and chopped up and put in a bush. No, fair enough. I don't think anybody does. That would be pretty shit. So no, he took me back to the car and spent fucking ages because my car has one of those wheels where it's deflated. So then you have to, it comes with a compressor and. Oh my God. Like he was on all in three quarters of an hour oh taking us God. to school and doing this wheel for us so when he finished i bet I he wishes he hadn't fucking stopped i bet he thinks i he, said to if him, he had this time again he'd be like fuck that keep going keep going <laughs> i said i bet you're wishing you left for work 10 minutes early this morning aren't you and he was like um well i am gonna be very very late to meet a man with a crane and i was like oh well sorry about that oh my God. and so i said i was like look let me like give you, let me buy you a drink. So I had like a 20 pound note and I like tried to give him in. I was like, you know, you've been so incredible. I'm so grateful. Like, please just have a drink on me. And he was like, absolutely not. I'm not taking your money. Like it was a pleasure oh. to help you. I couldn't have left you. And I was just like, what a lovely bloke. How lovely is that? Not a, the complete opposite of a serial killer. I know. And it's a sad, isn't it, that you think person. that, like that, that does go in your head. Well, to be honest with you, I think I probably I probably would have gone there earlier than you because I listened to this ridiculous yeah. podcast to help me sleep, which I'm probably going to need tonight. I'll drop off quite easily, I think, tonight. Um, but I think well, the problem is that it's like I always people always say to me, ninety nine point nine percent of people are nice and kind, and they want to help their fellow human. It's only the odd one or two that would do anything horrible. Your chances of meeting a serial killer are very low. But you should probably keep your wits about you because you never know yeah. who that person's going to be. But don't we don't listen to us though, and like put yourself at risk because we've said that. But I just thought, what like what an absolutely lovely thing to do. Do you find though when something like that happens to you, when somebody does something nice like that, it makes you want to do something nice? Yeah, like a random act of kindness. It's well, I a chain, doesn't it? He had like his company thing on the van. Like he works for a big company for Northumbrian Water. So I was like, I'm going to ring Northumbrian Water on Monday and say, like, this guy is like, he's so, such a good example because yeah, I was like, I was properly stranded. Like I had a young child, no phone signal. Like yeah. I was pretty fucked. Total wanker for crashing in the curb and then deciding the best course of action was to ignore the fact that I'd popped my tire and continue yeah. just driving. My tire was like a mangled piece of rubber. Oh my God. Um, You're basically just driving on the rim and it's yeah, like all these sparks coming off. Yeah. Oh um, my God. So that wasn't my smoothest move ever, but lovely, lovely man. So, so grateful. And Legend. then when I told everyone, the, fun, like, the funny thing is everyone just laughed because they were like, so did you change the tire? And I was like, oh no, because this man pulled over and took me and Henry to school and then brought us back and then changed the tire. And they were like, 
Yep, only you. Only you. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Excuse me. So my one is I um my husband because we've been we've been working uh, so much and then people that work in the health service will stand by me and appreciate this we can't get time off in the summer holidays it's really hard to get time off and you're limited with what you get so we haven't actually we had our few days away in norfolk but obviously there was we haven't been able to go and see any family or anything and the kids haven't seen any family for a long time so sam decided to take them away for a few days i couldn't go because we had nobody to have the dogs or the horses shame so i decided to stay at home alone and what a wonderful few days that was so I said to Katie Katie said oh can we record the podcast a little bit early and I said yeah yeah that's fine yeah yeah because we'll do it Saturday so I was out all day Saturday came home like all set and then the dogs started barking and I was like what the fuck are the dogs barking at and my husband and the kids walked back they weren't supposed to come back till Sunday and basically they'd gone for a day in Oxford and Sam had gone oh, should we just go home now? And so they'd driven home because, we, you know, let's go and see mum, you know, spend some time with her. Anyway, that's not what the wanker thing was. Now, obviously, when I'm home alone, I do what every horse owner in the country does when they're home alone. They wash all their shit, their horse shit, that they're not supposed to wash in the washing machine. Am I right? So that's what I'd done. So I had one of my lovely fleece rugs, drying on the line so he's turned up he's like oh there's a fleece rug there i had all my saddlecloths drying around the house boots on the radiators it was everywhere so anyway he walked in and he went and one of the first things he went sir fleece rug on the line has that been through the washing machine i went no it hasn't no but it just I was wanting to see what it would look like on the washing line (laughs) as opposed to a horse (laughs) I actually thought a bit quicker than that. I said it had a really bad stain on it. So I hung it on there and I hosed it down. And then it's just been dry dry in there for a few days. He went, oh, right. And then he sat there and he's looked and he went, these num-nums. They turned in here. I was like, and I just, I knew. He knew. Yeah. He knew. I knew. I was busted. Did you do the like, no comment? (laughs) No comment. (laughs) I just, I just, I was like, like, get you a drink. Do you want a drink? I'm gonna make you drink. I'll go. I'll go I'll, oh, we haven't got any tonic. I'll go and buy you some tonic. I was like, just basically creeping. Um, and the worst of it is, as well, obviously, the kids are my two children are gonna be going back to school tomorrow, so we have to do some like laundry and shit like that. And I've used up all the laundry detergent and everything on this. So basically, this, yeah, I was just a bit of a wanker, really. I got caught. I got caught doing that thing. We all do it. We all fucking do it. And I got caught. I got busted big time. Like everything. It was like, it was like, everywhere this stuff it was literally hanging off every available surface where it could dry and Ben doesn't really mind me washing stuff because I think obviously for his work stuff yeah yeah it's all covered in horse stuff anyway but what he got fed up of so I've got a washing machine in the stables now because it just like clogged the filter and I just broke like washing machine after washing machine or I would be always saying to him can you lift it up so I can like you know, let all the water like pour out. And he'd be like, fucking hell. Like while there's lumps of mud and mane like coming out the filter, he just got, he got sick of that. 
well, this is what's happened with this. So yeah. basically, I reckon I've got a, about a month until the filter's blocked. And then it'll be like, ah, remember that time when I went away and you washed all that fucking shit in that washing machine? I'll be like, oh. So it's coming. The bollocking's coming. Yeah. So I, it's imminent. So what a wanker thing to do. It's like, oh my God. Whoop, whoop. What? I, to be fair, I don't know who's the biggest wanker. Him for coming back early. So not giving me a chance to like, clean up my scene of the crime i know when he's like that. should we go back and see you mom? no there's no need I'm no fine. i'm just so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was just like why would you come back early you <laughs> bastards <laughs> we wanted to spend time with you no need really no, no need i wanted to wash my num nums <laughs> anyway all right so this week's wanker of the week is from kate rakowski and she said she wants to nominate her horse for wanker of the week or maybe complete cockwomble of the week or is it totally twat waffle i love your british i love your all your british phrases they're so much more fun than plain american swear words anyway um i think it says i bred my horse from a breeding i bid on in a fundraiser auction for boyd martin yes that boyd martin after his barn burned down. I remember that, his barn burned down. Mm. So I've always wanted to go to one of his clinics. This weekend, when she just turned eight, I finally did. And she was such a fucking idiot. I kid you not, she stopped 13 strides away from the first warm-up jump that was not even ankle high. She also tried to stop at every other jump I rode her to for the whole hour and a half. But see, it gets better with her. Because when you get electric, as Boyd says, she runs at jumps and gets half strides and hangs legs, making all the spectators gasp and making me feel like we are likely to have rotational fall at something that is maybe 80 centimetres. She was nappy and balky going away from the other horses. She kicked at someone cantering beside us in the field. An utter ass. The good news was that Boyd was really cute and loved our story, so he even posted about it. And... Um, I wrote and wrote about it on his Facebook page. So there's the consolation. I just love that because that is just such a fucking horse thing to do, isn't it? Like you go into a lesson with a celebrity, you've bought the horse like from the celebrity and you like really would want to be like, you know, I've done a good job and like it would be a really big deal. And the horse has just gone, fuck that. Instead, I'm going to make you look like the biggest twat that I can. They know, don't they? They know yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. So um, I have lost count of the amount of times that my, my... And also sometimes I think we do it to ourselves. I did it the other week. So I was laughing about it, that I'd gone for a lesson with Barrett and I turned up there. He went to, how's it going? And I said, it's gone really well, Barrett. I said, we had a double clear at Little Downham. I feel like my confidence is here. I'm in a really good place. He's like, oh, I'm so pleased to hear it. I then spent the next 30 minutes riding like the biggest bell end ever. Like I just couldn't see a stride. It was all, I said to him after, I said, I'm never saying that it's going well again, ever. <laughs> because, so I think that we, either, if we don't do it to ourselves, the horses do. And I think sometimes they pick up on it and they're like, oh, this is really important. Yeah. Now's the, now I bring out the big guns. <laughs> yes. Now I bring out everything I've wanted to do. I'm going to throw it all out in this next hour. They are shit sometimes, aren't they? Like I just read that and you could just see it. 
hundred percent. Yeah. That we have all been there, haven't we? Uh, haven't We've we all just? had that show where the horse's old owner's there. Oh my god, yeah. The person who you know judges you the worst is there, or you know, the, the qualifier that you just desperately need this one more double clear for something. Like we have all been there. So I think you definitely get the rosette, but for your horse, not for you at all, because you just get our sympathies because like they're just bastards aren't they aren't they your horse is a cockwomble what was it twat waffle twat waffle yeah that's one that i use quite a lot twat waffle yeah i I think i might have i think i might have invented it in fact i think i even might have invented that one and he was like wow that's that's new (laughs) it's a bit unique (laughs) can't remember what I called him. It's funny you should say that actually, because you know I always say that when something's good is I go, oh, it's the absolute tits. Yeah. And I was taught and um someone at work, she said that she was saying something and um in front of her mother in law and she'd gone, Oh my god, yeah, it's the absolute tits. And her mother in law looked at her and she thought, Oh fucking hell, that's Carlo. Like, you know what I mean? It's come yeah. out from Carla. And then I was talking about something that other people were saying. I was like, yeah, I said something the other day. And I suddenly thought, oh my God, that's one of the ones that Carl uses. So basically, I'm a really bad influence on people yeah. and I make them use really shit swear words. So I think but I, the tits, my main if, one's probably like, is, fuck me sideways. I say that quite yeah, a lot. You, you, you do say that quite a lot, actually. I'll let you have that one. You do. <laughs> I haven't picked that one up off you. I haven't picked that one up off you. Um, but yeah, swearing's good though, isn't it? I love a good uh, swear word. I think it's like sometimes you need that to just sum up a situation know, and that cockwomble is a total 100 percent yeah. that horse absolutely uh, yeah he was a cockwomble i bet boyd though i bet he was a bit like need to try and be positive here because she raised money for me when i'd lost everything um very good bandages 100 percent on those <laughs> um Nice hat. <laughs> oh, years ago, when we were we were um, when I was planning my wedding, I joined a wedding forum. And after people had got married there, they used to be like they used to like write write up the day. They used to go, oh yeah, this is, and they used to write a, what was that? What had happened to their day? What was it called? Hit, yes, I were you on there? Yes. And then they used to put their photos up afterwards, and there was like this unwritten rule when. Like if the wedding wasn't particularly the nicest and perhaps like the dress was horrible and they looked real, people always used to go, oh, lovely flowers. Like that was the only positive <laughs> thing they could say. That was like, <laughs> so that's what Boyd would be doing. Yeah, nice, nice hat. This, it's like a standing joke with me and my friends. So like I talked about it on the podcast that um, I was her birthing partner. And when um, her little boy came out, he was like, he was quite distressed and he wasn't crying and there seemed to be a lot of action, you know, like going around him and stuff. And she, um, she was saying to me, what's going on? Is he okay? Is he okay? Like, what's... And I like, I didn't know what to say because I couldn't say, well, it's not looking ideal over there. So I, I went and I had to like kind of look at him and I thought, he's quite a good color. <laughs> so I just came back oh to him, like God. really, like seriously, I said, he's a lovely color. And she was like, <laughs> it's not a tin of fucking pain, love. That's my kid over there. 
Stop, so, stop throwing balls. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So she was like, but is he okay? Is he okay? And I was like, honestly, really good colour. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't think of anything else to say. So I just kept saying he was a good colour. And now that's like our standing joke for things. Like, you know, yeah, when we don't really know yeah. what else to say. She just goes to me, lovely colour, really nice colour. <laughs> So that's what Boyd was probably doing to this yeah. poor, poor woman on this cock womble of a horse. He's going, oh yeah, yeah, tax lovely and clean. As this horse is like refusing to go near a pole. Or trying to break her neck. Strong-willed. Good spirit. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So... We are going to finish there, but we would love if you keep sending in your questions and your stories. We absolutely love to hear from you. And also a quick thank you because I get so many messages from like people just saying how much they've enjoyed the podcast. And yeah, I'm like really grateful that you actually take time to do that. Um, because to be honest, I listen to podcasts and I've never really done that. And it it honestly, it's really, really lovely. And especially, you know, when people have said like they've had maybe an injury or something and that they're bored and they're on box yeah. rest. And so we, we just really love hearing from you. Um, and and my one, my one is as well, that like for a long time, I got like quite a few people used to come to me and say, Oh, I love the, I love the, your blog. You know, I love your page, whatever. And I was like, Oh, thanks. That's really lovely. Which again, is a wonderful thing. Now it's all changed now. And they always come up to me because obviously Katie doesn't put her face out there a lot. So I think a lot of people probably until she speaks don't re- realize it's her, but obviously my face is everywhere. So they go, <laughs> I get, <laughs> and people come up to me quite a lot and they go, oh, but I listen to the podcast and I love it. And I love that. And I always do pass it on to Katie because I think she works so hard on it. So if you do come and say, oh, I love the podcast, I don't just go, oh, thank you. I do tell Katie that you have said that to her because someone came up to me on Saturday actually and said it again. So it's really, really lovely. So thank you, everyone. We wouldn't yeah. do it if you didn't listen to it. Yeah, no, so. like genuinely, it's, it's really, really kind. We really, really appreciate all the support that we get from you. Um, so we would like it to continue, <laughs> please. Yeah, please, please so do, please do. Keep following us on Facebook and Instagram at Book Off Banter and sending your questions and emails to bookoffbanter at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.